0: Manira Awibi is a PhD researcher in Cognitive Science within the Department of Informatics at Sussex. After completing her BSc in Information Systems at Imam University, Saudi Arabia, she came to Sussex to study an MSc in Human-Computer Interaction and a PhD in Cognitive Profiling and Usable Security. In this episode, we discuss various research methods in cognitive science, task familiarity and its influence on user behaviours, and the challenges of studying abroad. Yeah, so what do you want to find out next? Oh so uh, there is a uh, lot of questions to, uh, <laughs> Can you give us a glimpse into any of them more?
1: Okay, so um, so I, I found a paper saying that the intention of doing a task uh, would affect the task. That's and uh, one of, the, of my finding is that the familiarity of the task affects the behavior a lot and affects consistency and distinctiveness. So I'm gonna be looking into different, different tasks and measure their uh, familiarity and how familiarity affects the behavior. Uh, I also uh, think about um, using different measures, not only time, but uh, different measures u- used by other researchers. And uh, they were, without explaining why, they said uh, they were very uh, efficient. So uh, I would love to at least understand why they, they are. Yeah, I have a, a lot of um, methodological uh, changes that I want to test and uh, to improve. I have lots of ideas uh, in improving the methodology I'm using right now. So you know
0: every PhD student is kind of gripped by a particular theory or a particular topic. What do you think got you kind of gripped to behavioral biometrics?
1: I think it's the idea of how unique we can be. There is a lot of variety uh, in performing very, very simple tasks, very limited tasks, and it's really, uh, it's really fascinating for me. I mean, uh, even doing my uh, work in uh, authentication, I, I still thought, uh, I mean, doubted uh, how unique people can be. I still think, okay, it's just, for example, reading an article. Uh, so if we got, for example, a hundred or a thousand, they, they will still uh, look like, for example, it's going to be very difficult to tell them about. So it's just a text and they can just scroll up and down. And There is a lot, not a lot to do. Mm. I was really curious if it's very limited and very simple. Can people still show aspects of uh, u- uniqueness yeah. and aspects yeah, of, of how they're different? I mean, I, I have always been fascinated about... The reason why do we de- do things differently mm-hmm. uh, i did i do not have um, i didn't have the time to uh study it in details but uh it's the most common reason i think it's uh, nature and uh, nurture so it's uh, how they learn to do things and uh, their experience how how, uh, how much time they spend doing things and um Differences, differences in people. So what I also find fascinating is uh, how uh, how how much differences in in differences. So people mm. are some people are very consistent and some people are very inconsistent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's really really interesting. So yeah. even in we're even in uh, intrapersonal uh, variance, there is a lot of uh, uh, variability in there. Mm. So, so we're different in every uh, every level and every possible uh, way. That's and that's well. fascinating.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, how was it coming to the UK to study? Were there any major challenges?
1: I mean, for for the country and for the culture and for 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 everything else, everything was fine. Very soon, uh, but maybe. Um, uh, the things that were surprising for me, as I said before, maybe the marking system in the UK. So uh, I was surprised I got uh, grades in 60s and in 70s. I have never ever <laughs> got grades in 60s and 70s, but it was only time since I uh, realized that uh, grading is different in the UK. So uh, 70s, as I said, and the UK is just like 90s in Saudi Arabia and um, I I actually by the time uh, I liked it, I liked the fact because there was also a difference that in Saudi Arabia everything is explained in like uh, 0.25 of the grade. You can tell uh, how much exactly would have uh, uh, um, when you finish the module for example. Well in the UK it's not uh, very clear the grading system uh, at, at the beginning, it was a little bit uh, stressful for me, but uh, as the time were was going, um, uh, I started uh, forgetting about my grades and focusing on my learning, which is which, which was really really interesting. So I I thought it, it's I'm, not, I'm now I'm gonna do it for myself. I'm gonna learn for myself. And I cannot. Um, uh, predict the marks so uh, it's okay it's beyond my control so i I'm, I'm gonna do my best and hope for the best <laughs> and it was really amazing because uh it got me as i said focused on the things i like learning more thanks god i got a good grades uh, eventually um uh, but uh most importantly i uh, learned a lot of uh from this experience uh, also there's a, a, another difference which is um I think the UK education is more uh, research uh, oriented, while in Saudi Arabia it's more like practical or project oriented. So, um, uh, testing, for example, paper testing was limited. It, mo- it was mostly uh, uh, papers, theses, uh, reports, and, and stuff like that. And um, th- there is something I really liked, which is uh, how much they rely on uh, theories and um, uh, previous studies uh, and how much you can learn from the literature uh, and use in your work. So um, uh, yeah, this is something I I have learned I'm really grateful for, which is putting uh, theory into application. Uh, And also learning uh, critical thinking because I still remember uh, one of my first days uh, in the UK, where they uh, put on the um, the screen out there um, uh, a theory of uh, a very known scholar. I don't remember what uh, what it was, but uh, they asked us they asked us uh, what do we think about it, and we think it's uh, I mean they asked us to um, criticize it and I was surprised because uh, for me I knew nothing about the topic and uh, I thought this person on the screen they must know a lot more than I do but uh, over time I learned um, how to uh, judge things even if you don't have enough for example uh, a lot of information about it but you can still judge it from how strong the evidence is for example uh, how convincing how um, uh, objective uh, the the judgment is, for example. So I have learned a lot uh, since then. And I'm, I'm really grateful to this uh, opportunity.
0: Fantastic. So um, can you tell us a bit about behavioural biometrics? Yeah, so my um, my master
1: thesis and also my uh, uh, PhD thesis is about uh, behavioural biometrics. And uh, basically, so it's about authentication. Authentication is the verification of claimed identity. And you can verify someone's uh, identity by several ways. For example, you can can, uh, identify them by uh, something they know, for example, such as passwords, or maybe something uh, that they do, uh, sorry, something they have. Uh, for example, uh, keys or smart uh, IDs or smart cards. And finally, uh, you can uh, identify them by something that they are. So it's uh, either something that they uh, do or something that they have. So uh, for example, if if it's something that they uh, have, it's like, um, for example, fingerprint recognition, voice recognition. And if it's something that they do, it's about, uh, uh, for example, it's a voice, recognition, and um, uh, for example, gait recognition, the way they walk, and uh, for example, signatures, uh, the way they sign uh, things. So behavioral biometrics is basically verifying uh, people by uh, the way they do things. Mm-hmm. And my math- master thesis was about uh, uh, keystroke uh, authentication so uh, or keystroke dynamics where you can identify by people by the way they type things and it's usually about uh, the time they spend uh, uh, clicking the keyboard and the, the time between the keyboards it's usually especially for key, key uh, strokes I think uh, the time between the presses is uh, very value, uh, valuable because. Um, uh, time is uh, in general in cognitive science in general they they rely uh, hugely on response time or reaction time. So they give um, a stimuli or uh, an uh, uh, the, the, the I mean they give the participants or the user something to do. Then they uh, measure their response speed, and it, it tells them a lot about uh, their cognitive processing. So if there's a a lot of things to think about, they're gonna be a a little bit slower than if they have uh, fewer things to process or think about. So uh, this time measurement uh, is very revealing about cognitive processing and what actually happens uh, in the brain. Uh, And this can be used uh, to identify different people because people have uh, different strategy to organize their cognitive processing and to mm. perform cognitive processing so they have they could have uh, so uh, even very simple tasks for example there's a paper called uh, milliseconds uh, matters and it was about um uh they asked uh, the the participants just to click the mouse and, and then move it to any direction And they found that uh, it's a very simple task. It does not require a lot of uh, cognitive processing, but uh, still they found uh, three different speeds where uh, people uh, can uh, perform this uh, very simple task. And uh, they could map it to their uh, uh, microstrategies or their cognitive processing uh, organization, their organization of their uh, uh, cognitive processes. Um, and they could actually measure it uh, to a very, I, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was uh, uh, to the precision of uh, five milliseconds. So they could uh, predict ex- exactly the timing of the uh, response time. So uh, I used the time feature or time measurement to uh, recognize people who were t- typing on the keyboard uh, uh, for my masterpieces. And uh, I decided to go uh, with the same similar, actually not same, but similar concept on um, interacting with the touch screens. So if they we're browsing for for example, uh, yeah, so I, I found it uh, there was lots of studies on uh, touch screens and why people browse touch screens differently. Actually, they were not studying the reasons, they were just collecting most of the data I have found, were uh, collecting data about um, uh, browsing uh, touch screen and then putting them into uh, machine learning and then get some results without really uh, uh, trying to understand why people uh, interact differently with the touch screen? Why they touch it differently, for example? And you know, even if they, uh, if some papers were trying to um, explain it, they they just uh, uh, speculated uh, why people were different. So, for example, some papers said maybe it's the hand uh, geometry, geometry. Maybe it's the muscles. Maybe it's uh, the different emotional states of the users what makes them interact differently with the screens with touch screens i mean but nobody actually um tried to to look at it or cite other p- papers uh, which explain. for example i found lots of papers i found papers talking about the um area of the fingertip for example how uh, how um, people differ uh, how much uh, individual differences there is about uh uh fingertip area i found some studies uh trying to um, la- uh, find the different targeting techniques where, where a fingertip could target an object on the screen so for example some people are targeting the object by their fingernail and some people by the um uh finger uh, uh, tab, uh, uh, tab and some people by the sides and so on um but I also believe that there is uh, uh, more, um, more to it than just uh, the finger size or the finger uh, okay. targeting. What do you yes. think? Uh, I think because uh, people in general perform tasks differently. So as I said uh, before, even clicking the mouse or moving the mouse uh, uh, to an specific direction uh, people show uh, individual differences in that, and that was uh, due to their uh, uh, differences in micro strategies. So, um, uh, for example, let's say someone is reading something uh, uh, on uh, their uh, touch screens, and they were moving the screen and moving through the lines while they're reading. Uh, people have different strategies on reading in general. So, for example, people have different speeds, Uh, Also, people have different strategies in moving the screen, so some some people are reading the middle lines only, some people are reading uh, the top of the page until the end of the page, and then moving to the next page, uh, and so on. Uh, So, um, there is different levels of uh, uh, individual differences in uh, interacting with the screen and um, there is also another concept uh, which is called uh, active user paradox which which says that when someone is uh, familiar with the task and they have already developed uh, a strategy to perform that task they tend to stick to their strategy and not change it so um, this is uh, another evidence of uh, consistency uh, when uh, People uh, exhibit uh, a certain behavior. Uh, if they used to the task, they, they would uh, stabilize their behavior and not change change it a lot. Mm-hmm. So we have a reason to believe that people are different, and we have also a reason to believe that uh, people are um, uh, consistent. So they're different from one another, and they are consistent in their own behavior. So I thought this is an amazing opportunity to. Um, uh exploit this uh, for authentication and uh, uh i did uh i tested lots of ideas and uh eventually i got to um really increase the accuracy of authentication so there was only two papers who uh, measured the accuracy of uh, uh temporal features or timing features alone and one of them i got the accuracy of i think 10 percent. And the other paper, a paper got the accuracy of, uh, the best accuracy was uh, 35%. And um, I managed to um, uh, increase that uh, up to 95% uh, by um, uh, understanding the sources of individual differences and, and uh, knowing how to, um, where to look uh, uh, when looking at the data to find these differences. So not all data could be useful, So very long uh, gaps, for example, are not very important as very short gaps, for example. So there's a lot of lots of things that I accounted for and uh, they're, they they turn to be very useful mm. and,
0: uh, So yeah. is this what you've been doing for your PhD? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And, um, what do you wish you'd known before starting a PhD or, or what kind of advice, um, would you give to yourself? um, in the first year of your PhD? Okay,
1: so, um, uh, of course I made, uh, mistakes during my PhD, but, uh, I feel like I will never learn the importance of the things that I have learned until, uh, unless I made the mistakes I made. So, um, uh, I, I just, uh, said earlier that, uh, I'm a, I'm a kind of a perfectionist. So um, uh, uh, during my PhD, I had to learn not to be uh, very uh, precise about things, but uh, I wish I I tried that uh, much earlier. Uh, I had uh, very high expectations at the beginning, and um, uh, uh, I think that made me um, disappointed uh, at, at different points of my PhD. That uh, I feel like I'm not uh, doing as expected as I expected from myself as mm. before. But it, it was this is a lot easier to do in the my bachelor and, and my masters because yeah. uh, ex- expectations are, are a lot clearer in that level. Yeah.
0: If you don't mind me asking, what, what did you what did you expect? I was
1: not very realistic, uh, for example, in expecting the um, time required for for tasks. I have also, for example, uh, so if I if if I conducted uh, some kind of analysis, uh, I thought I would know uh, immediately um, uh, what kind of visualization should I use, uh, what kind of what next, what what should I do next, where should I look next but uh, I figured that there, is, there will always be lots of things to uh, 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 investigate and uh, uh, it would take a lot of time. So I I, uh, I insisted on um, answering every question that came up to my mind, for example. So every idea or every question that came up to my mind or thought maybe someone is gonna ask me, uh, I went and uh, tried it out and tested it. And, and that took a lot of my time. Um, mm. I wish I were uh, more focused. For example, I wish I had. I did have a list of questions, but I insisted that I have the time to answer them all. And um, uh, some of them just uh, were just was um, uh, just wasted a lot of time, uh, and they were not uh, very va- uh, valuable.
0: So, um, mm. isn't that and- all part of the the kind of process of doing a PhD? So you can you know, uh, have an opportunity to learn from your mistakes and and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, of course. But um, uh, uh, I think a lot of your I mean, putting, um, I don't know how to, uh, so so as I said, it was, uh, what I did, I think it was, uh, every uh, every PhD student is doing something that really new to them. And if they think that um, they will cover it all up They will figure out everything, and they will um, do it it in time. Uh, They will be disappointed at some point. So, uh, yeah, so uh, I wish I had, uh, but as I said, um, it's really hard to say what I would advise myself to do, because I will never know what to focus on unless I try different things.
0: Perfect. Well, um, it's been lovely talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.